welcome to episode 22 of the Flames Fancast. Uh, it's been a while, but, uh, <laughs> well, yesterday we got mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, without the math aside, we were eliminated uh, a while ago, but it's still tough to take as a Flames fan. Don't confuse the fact that we haven't recorded a podcast in a while is because it's the Flames are shit in the bed. It's because I wasn't available, so that's my fault. Yeah. Jenk was uh, on holiday in Toronto. Yes. But, uh, you know, as a fan, I guess I guess there's a lot of vitriol out there saying what the Flames have done wrong, what's gone wrong, a lot of blame being passed around. But purely from a fan perspective, it just sucks to not make the playoffs. It's just, it's a really crummy feeling. It's terrible, uh, especially looking at this team at the beginning of the season. Hopes were high, expectations were high. We, I think a lot of people thought we'd make a big push, and then we're sitting here a few more days before April, and it's just we're already out. There'll be no playoff hockey for Calgary this year. Um, no sea of it, red. It, it sucks. It no sucks. Seventeenth Avenue. It's but, fucking bullshit. But uh, you know, I think I think they always, I think pundits and whoever commentators and analysts and. Random Joes on Twitter always give you the uh, mathematical. You're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs now just to really rub salt in the wound. Like you didn't know that you weren't already eliminated. <laughs> yeah, like like as if as if we were like ignoring the fact that like we've completely shit the bed in the last probably 20 games of the season. I just I can't I can't get over it right now because as you mentioned, I think about halfway through the season we look like a favorite to at least try wow. for a playoff spot. It's just it's just embarrassing to see us go through that kind of lack of lack of effort, lack of character, lack of drive, and not having that that final push, that killer instinct that says we need to beat teams like Arizona. Uh, we we need to go into games thinking we can and pretty much winning every time because we're we're in a dogfight, and we definitely came out on the absolute bottom of that dogfight in so many ways. It's just, I mean, you look at last night against the Kings. <laughs> the li- Fucking you look, shit show again. You look at the lineup and you're like, oh my God. I mean, I know Goudreau's out, Monaghan's out, Kachuk is out. But with all those guys out, our lineup is just exposed. It is exposed for what it was. And wow, did we, did, does it, did it ever look bad? And I mean... Sure, that's the forwards. The defense was still the defense, but I mean, that's a whole other issue. You're looking at that defense and thinking at the beginning of the season, this is a top five defense. They are a strong group of players. <sighs> Tyler is not crying. I, I promise I, you. I, you I, don't see him, I but wish. he's crying inside right now. I think, like, you know what the worst part is, too? Not the worst part. There's many worst parts about this whole thing. But one of the worst parts about it is I see a guy like Rasmus get called up. And uh, I don't know if it's good for a player to get called up in circumstances like this. I think it's very demoralizing for a player to come up and play. This is toxic right now. It's toxic. It's a toxic lineup. It's a toxic team. I don't want these future prospects to be brought up now. Like, we had no choice, I guess. But in essence, like, there are teams that do this. And I think it's actually a big mistake. If you have a toxic team, don't bring up the guys that potentially are going to be your future. Don't ruin Rasmus. Let him keep having a good season when, like he's having in the A right now. Leave him down there. Don't bring wow. him up. It's not worth it. Didn't we just we just swap Gillies for um, Riddick? And I wonder if that has something to do with it. Giving him a chance to get away from all this and develop in the A, help the A team well, exactly. with, their, with their playoff push. So they made one good decision, but one bad decision. I wouldn't bring up Rasmus. But right I mean, now. really, really, I don't, I don't rate either one of those two too far apart from the other. Gillies and Rick, they're pretty on par. But Gillies just need, he needs more games. Yeah, well, he's here now to get the games. But I really, I look at this team and I, I, I want to ask you, when, when did you see one, one game aside from the obvious, you know, someone gets hit in the corner and then you have to step in because that's, that's bred into your hockey brain. But. Uh, when did you really see this team step up for each other and fight for each other? When the coach lost it. That's it. When he hucked a stick. I haven't seen I think, it anywhere I think else. They, I think they just realized that all the eyes of the 
all the, all the eyes of whoever is watching the Flames was on them at that moment, and they had to respond. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it took some extreme circumstance for them to get together. But when it comes to on-ice things, if that's what your question really was about, I haven't seen it this year. I remember, remember the uh, remember the play. Uh, sorry, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Uh, but he fought, and he got his ass kicked. L- Lomberg. Lomberg, right? Sorry, I can't believe I forgot his name because I really praised him that game. But remember that game when like mm-hmm. Hathaway should have actually stepped up, yeah. and then it was Lomberg, and it just looked like the team still didn't gel together. So you're missing character guys in this team still, like. Everybody talks about how Stajan's a character guy and like how... I think Stajan is a character guy, but he's the wrong kind of character. Well, yeah. So there's a character that we were lacking on this team where this camaraderie is not getting forced onto these guys. Like, it's almost like everybody's just playing for themselves still. I think what it is is like Goudreau goes out with Monaghan and like some people go over to Gio's house and Dougie sits at home and cries about his brother, but there's no... There's no real team team gelling here. Like, well, they don't all have to be best friends, but they just but they got to play for each other. And I didn't really see that. No, especially in the last half. This, I you know what? More specifically, you really see a team's character when they're in a situation where they've lost a bunch of games in a row, and you have to see if this test is gonna come out as such where they start working for each other they start playing for each other losing is when you really test characters not when you're winning when you're winning everything's fine the coach looks like a genius Goudreau looks like a superstar you know Monahan's like sniping every shot you know Kachuk is like drawing like five penalties a game yeah when everything's good momentum's good things are good it's hard to criticize the team but when when shit's hitting the fan and the team has a hard time getting back together and it takes a guy to huck a stick up like two sections for the team to fucking get on it. Only because, as to your point, and it's actually a really good point, I never thought of that, that all eyes were on them now. Well, well, and then Gulitsan lost it again. I know, but it doesn't work anymore. I don't think it's a one-trick thing. How many times have other coaches and, you know, managers or players just absolutely flipped out on them and they've responded? Well, I remember as recently as Boucher doing that with the Senators a couple seasons ago, and they fucking killed it after that. But they killed it for more than. But I mean, how many times did that happen behind closed doors? I mean, who knows? Gilson got revealed because the media was there and caught it at practice, and then it was a big shitstorm after that. But you know, how many times do you go into the dressing room between period two and three and say, "What the fuck was that out there?" and they respond? But apparently, he does that. (laughs) Well, then it's just then it's over. That's what I'm saying. I mean. There, he, you know, he, he lost I think he's lost the dressing room I think he's lost the plot he's not just the dressing room these guys when for me and I know we addressed this but when after that stick throwing incident and the players were talking to the media and they're like ha ha it's kind of funny yeah, yeah gully he got it up into the 12th row gully fuck like I, I Kachuk was the only guy who responded with any kind of shame or like fear He's like, man, my coach really, you know, was disappointed in me. I've got to step up. The rest of the guys were like, ha, gully. Ha, ha, gully. They were just giggling away about it. That's not the reaction and you like, wanted. You just look at that, and as a fan, you know, that's just, I'm disappointed in these guys. And as a player, whenever that kind of reaction happened to me, whenever, like, the hammer is brought down, you respond. Like, your, your tail is between your legs. You're embarrassed with your performances. Like, how can these guys go out there day in, day out, and be hold their heads high? How are they going to, on the last home game, go into the center ice and put their sticks up and salute the dome? I'd walk out at that. Boo! Yeah. I'd walk out. Like, I love this team. I love this team. I love the Flames. I love cheering for them. Obviously, I'm an avid fan. But just to see the way this season has... Sh- has shaken down, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's an embarrassment. It, it's, it's just totally unacceptable to see these guys not really care day in, day out, just go through the motions out there. And then as professional hockey players, I, I, I don't really know who's justifying what they're making right now. Maybe, maybe four players on this team. Maybe. The rest, ah, I don't think so. Like, I think you need a beer. Well, why don't you just have a drink? Just have a beer. Fucking stressing me out. It just it just sucks, you know, as a fan. 
You're expecting these guys to go. And I mean, I get it. You have bad games. Sometimes you have a bad game. That's okay. We had way too many bad games. And we, too, we had way too many games where the effort levels and the care levels and the motivation just was not there. And, and that, those are things that it's not that we didn't get beat because we were, we were less skilled than the other team or not as fast or not as big or for whatever reason. It's, we, we got beat because we didn't care as much as they cared. And we weren't up for it as much as they were up for it. We didn't want it as much as they wanted it. And no matter what you say, uh, that's absolutely boils down to that. Like, you think about the power play was so bad. Well, it just didn't look like anyone really wanted to score on those power plays. Happy to pass it around the perimeter and not really take a chance. But no one really wanted to be... I don't even know what it was, but it was just shit. Yeah. I think like, you know, we with our Twitter account, we follow quite a bit of Flames fans and uh, the majority of the fans are still very, I'd say, very rational and grounded about the whole situation. You see many conversations and it's actually rotating around the coaches all the time. And we've done the same thing. We're, you know, we're looking at the coaches as one of the biggest culprits of this of this breakdown this season. You know, the lack of tactical creativity the lack of changing any types of plans, you know, certain player selections, certain call-ups, certain demotions. It, it really, you know, we can fix the coaching staff. It's easier to fire coaching staff than it is to fire a player because you can't fire a player. It doesn't exist. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. So the players can rest on that, on that fact knowing that even if they suck and they got this like three or four-year contract, this at least five million a year, they know that they're still going to get it. Um, but the coaches, you'd think that they'd have that separate motivation of, fuck, my job's on the line. I can easily get fired tomorrow. We better fucking step it up here. It just feels like our coaching did not evolve throughout the season, when in reality, it should have. And all coaching well, evolves. And the saddest all part about that evolves. is that we got Gillison in because he was supposed to be that kind of guy. Yeah, the new a, blood. A, a pupil like, of the modern game. Exactly. A guy who's ahead of the curve. Someone who is already thinking about what's happening tomorrow today uh and, and if you ask me like tr that's true living's fault that's that's his fault because he got rid of christ who was the coach before hartley he got rid of hartley and brought in his guy gullitson and they had this search and they picked who they wanted they could have had like a number of choices could have come here the, he picked him this is my guy this is the person i want in calgary didn't horrible. work horrible didn't work horrible um, yeah, and I guess to add to that, you know, it's not just him too. I I'm wondering who added that assistant coaching staff. Was that was that Goldson's decision? I think they, I think they that... gave him that assistant coaching staff because you you don't think Dave Cameron has coaching experience, right? Yeah, but he is a like, head coach before. Yeah, but his his history's shit. Still, I guess you give him a guy like yeah, this guy used to be a head coach in the NHL. Here you go, let him help you out, right? I understand that move. Dave Cameron is garbage as a coach, but I understand that move. But, but at what point do you look at these guys and say, we got a clean house? N yesterday. Yeah, maybe even a month ago. Ye y yesterday. No, yeah. like, if it was up to me, it was... It, it, when we started, when we lost those five games in a row and then they were all overtime, when the hell was that? February? Yeah. Boom, gone. Yeah. And clean house, get your shit, get out, bring in someone new. And I mean, I don't know what happens, but we gotta we gotta shake it up. This now they're just gonna wait till the summer, right? Because we're gonna play the card. Oh, we're a classy organization. We keep consistency. Blah 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 blah. But we needed a change, and we didn't do it. And this is the price: no playoffs. Right. Yeah. And if I'm you if I'm if I'm management, one, I stop. I pull my head out of my ass and stop saying you're going to move the team because that was a big distraction this season that didn't do anybody any good. And two, I get rid of the coach for sure, and I'm thinking Treliving, like, I I'm seriously contemplating his future. And Brian Burke, I don't even, like, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going, what do you do? Sorry, either like either become GM or don't. It's like the worst reaction to that question. I'm just laughing at it. But <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> this is horrible. 
It's just I'm so only frustrating. Laughing, yeah, it's I know, so but frustrating. I'm only laughing because it's almost to a point where it's so comical to me that there's so many bad mistakes to this whole thing and it just feels like there's so many things that could have been avoided and they were very standard decisions they're not like this we're not splitting the atom here explain to me how there's a team who goes into this season clearly making it look like they're going for a run and i am citing that hamannick deal i am citing the mike smith deal you're bringing in a 35 year old goalie who is it he's a good goalie that's for sure but that is not a move for the future the Hamannick deal is not a move for the future. That is a move to win now because we are without a first-round pick. We are without a second-round pick going into June's draft. Yeah, that's a failure of a GM, And you, you've got Adam Fox as well, who, who's staying in college and might not stay with the Flames. And I think Feaster got fired for much less. I but wish this, we had Feaster back. This is, but this is an absolute mess now. Th- think about it. This is, this is a nightmare. This yeah. is a tailspin, and it's only getting, like, Geo, Geo is only going down. Geo is not getting any better, okay? Your future is in Hamilton, it's in Goudreau, it's in Monaghan, and it's in Kachuk. You better pray to fucking Christ that those four players stay at the Flames. And if you don't keep those four guys, you're hooped. And, I mean, we've, we've I've we been no harsh assets, on Hamilton, really. but... That guy, that guy is our future now. Hell it's, of a season, It's not actually. Brody. It's not Hamannick. It's Hamilton, and we need to keep Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least Brody and Hamannick, they're, on, they're not on the world's worst contracts. They're, like, somewhere in the $4.7 range, I think. Hamilton's on good money. Gio's getting paid more than he's probably worth now. And Stone's still on a bit more than you probably want to pay for one of those guys. But the bright side is there's a lot of prospects in the D pool. Now, we struck gold with Goudreau, that's for sure, but I don't see anyone coming up who has that kind of silky smooth scoring prowess. No, and someone that can fill in that, that right winger role. We yeah. still couldn't well, I get think it. You, I think uh, you have to find either that right winger through free agency or you have to trade. You have to trade something trade? for defense and a prospect. Yeah, you have to trade like, one of your defender prospects from the A. I don't want. I try and say. I, I try and trade a roster player, to be honest. Well, who's gonna take? Who's gonna take any of our guys from the third or fourth line? Who? Someone who makes dumb trades like Edmonton. You know what? Like, we could have traded Brody for Taylor Hall a couple seasons ago. But this ago. isn't. This you, isn't you telling how, me no? They couldn't have. Yeah, we, but they the would have taken that deal. Now. Yeah, but the GM, the GM at the time was different. Chiarelli is the same, isn't he? Chiarelli didn't make that trade with uh, Hall. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Did he? Yeah. Fuck, that was terrible. That was a terrible deal. Fuck, I could have swore it wasn't him. All right. I gave him way more credit than I, than I should have, I guess. But why? Taylor Hall's left wing, though, isn't my, he? Okay. That's Still. besides the point. Yeah, you're my, right. You know, we're, we're discussing the fact that we don't have much to give up now. And we, we don't really need to give... Well, and we the, shouldn't have to give up our defending pro, defender prospects to bring in a right winger. We shouldn't have been put in this position in the first place. And the, the, the problem with that is we don't have much to give up and we don't have much in the system for forwards. Yeah. Like, we're okay on defense and goalie. I feel okay. I feel okay for sure. Forwards, we are in deep, deep trouble. But this is another failure of the uh, of management now. You know, he handcuffed us, made this massive gamble into a position. Hey. Now that we've talked about, it, into a position that we're we're already deep on. We didn't need to like make up, give up all this for Hamannick when we had guys like Rasmus and Oliver Shillington in the, I, in the system. It doesn't I make agree. any fucking sense. And so why I, the fuck would you do I that? I think we are. I think you know, in a lot of aspects, we are way too slow giving our guys. The step up to the NHL. Because you look at other teams and all of a sudden these players come in and bam, it's a roster shot and bam, they're playing at their their they're like they're playing close to their potential immediately. And they look good. Yeah. And but- when was the last time you ever saw a Flames prospect come up and you're like, This guy is he's he, the first game you saw him, you're like, he he's not going back down. And I know that for sure because of the way he's playing. Not at all this season. Well, that's not true because we didn't start with uh Hathaway and uh, right, but, but you didn't see them in their first game and think absolutely they're going to be here. 
No, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't clear cut like you're saying. I agree with that. How many no name players have teams like Carolina and Colorado and I don't even know. What, I'm trying to think of the. Team. I don't know, but like I don't. I. I like I Dallas totally I, revamped their blue line. I don't think I totally agree with the point because this is the first time in in a long time where I've seen an entire line almost dedicated to call ups for the rest of the season. I haven't seen that. What before. other choice did we have though? Versteeg went down. Yeah. Now we have a bunch of injuries. Those players are still here. Mm-hmm. So I mean, someone it's had forced. to give someone's head a shake and say, uh, "Staging can't play here. We may as well." And I mean, Jankowski's been been he's been he's been okay to good, but he hasn't blown your socks off. No, I Neither know. But he needs time. Yeah, he needs time. But I mean, I, I get what you're saying too, and I understand that they need time. But one, how much time can we give them? And two, how come we're not getting an immediate immediate response like some of these other teams yeah, but do? Because these guys, they're not they're not bona fide like <laughs> potential star well, players. Well, then how come we're not drafting the bona fide potential star because players? Because we only in the started drafting or third or fourth round. We only started drafting properly maybe in the last few years, maybe if that. I mean, like. That is a systemic failure. It is a systemic failure. I'm not defending them. How can you call yourself an NHL club from 1980 and you only start drafting properly in 2015? No, I... 35 years! I get that. I get that. But my problem is 35 Rico Fadas! But it doesn't... It's not the player's fault in that respect. It's management's fault. Like, why the fuck are we getting... Why are we getting Shore and fucking uh, Stewart? Like, waste the fucking, like, roster spots... Why'd you even do that? Maybe the maybe the GM feels pressure to do something on that. I, I would do something man, that's stupid. I agree it's stupid, but maybe he's But you should maybe there's a mandate. You have that. to make something, make some kind of move. But there no, we didn't have to make a move. Sure was on our first line against LA. Do you know that? Yeah, I saw that. Like the, this okay, now I'm getting enraged because that should be a fireable thing right there. Why the fuck are you putting these guys on the first line? Stewart was on the first line the day after we got him. <laughs> When, you know, and at that time, and I said, I said, we're the only team in the NHL who claims someone off waivers, and he immediately goes and, to our first line. And at line. that time, Bennett was given a chance in the last uh, two or three games prior to that for a while. He was given a chance, and he was playing well on the first line. He was playing just great while Furlan was injured, and he was actually adding to the team, and he was adding points and whatever. And then all of a sudden, you you reward him for for fucking succeeding. And I've had this fucking rant. Many, many episodes where I said we are rewarding the wrong guys for their types of like ill performance, frankly. And then we're not rewarding guys who are actually working hard, who are actually adding value, who are adding points to the team. So this is a systemic failure of management. It starts from management, actually. Well, Bennett was back on the first line with L.A. What a reward. He got to play with Shore and Stewart. Yeah, but okay. But like he, (laughs) you know, but he's getting rewarded the wrong way in the wrong time. He was doing just fine on that first line while Ferlin was I injured. I think you should just stick him on that right wing spot and say, here you go. No, because that's... But that's it's our problem. Real. But that's our problem. Well, what we would you do with Ben? What would you do with him? Man, it, October 5th think, next year, first game against whoever we're playing, probably Vancouver. What do you do? Where's Bennett? I don't want to force a guy to play a position he's not used to. He's used to playing the wing now. He has know, to be used to that. But this is a problem. We, we why are we doing this? Put the square in the in a circular hole. Like, well, why are we? We don't doing have this? any wingers. That's why we're putting the square in the circular but peg. But that's amateur fucking hour right now. <laughs> why the fuck do we not have enough right wingers? Why the fuck do we not have enough? Of these I think guys? there's some. I think there's some mantra in the NHL that says having so many sentiment is never a bad idea. I know, but like, if you've played the game. Being a guy that, that used to play the wing for his entire career, and then all of a sudden being put on center, put on left wing, it's a fucking. I mean, it, it messes with you. I mean, but at the same time, there's only there's only four real positions in hockey: winger, center, D, goalie. I know, but like there are little nuances that these wingers absolutely, get used to. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but it, it affects but their performance. Bennett has done it for years. He's done it for years. I know, but what if it's maybe just we've not ruined for him? the guy? We've ruined the guy, maybe. Maybe we did. But I think I think you have to commit him to the wing now. I think you have to say this guy's a winger. It's just so ridiculous that we're at this point. Where's he gonna play at center? Third line? Behind Backlund and Monaghan? Do you realize what we're arguing about? Yeah, I realize that, but it's a valid because, but, argument. I know, but is that is that how bad we are? We to the fact that we just we I just have I don't think these guys. I don't think we're bad. I think we're embarrassing and I think we're we don't care. 
And those well, are two things that you bad, can fix. If that's not bad, then what's bad, man? Bad is Edmonton. Edmonton <laughs> is bad. Okay? Arizona is bad. Yeah, and we Buffalo lost Buffalo is we? bad. I don't know what's going on anymore. Montreal is bad. We are embarrassing. We are, we are shameful. I don't know if that's worse, but we're not bad. We well, should be bad. better than we are. <clears throat> we're pretty bad. I think Bennett, you just have to ride him out on the wing and you have someone has to sit down with the kid and all summer like pay for a personal coach with him that just makes him watch wingers, right wingers all the time and he does all these right winger drills and he practiced right wing playing roller hockey with his nephews outside or whatever. But man, like that wouldn't help at all. That was a stupid okay, point. Okay, but there's like yeah, but there's a point in an NHL, any professional athlete's time in their career where they can't just like learn something new. It, it's very difficult, especially when it comes to something like an, a talent that needs to be natural, naturally embedded into your brain. It's like in soccer, like if the guy can't fucking cross and, he, and he's, he's thir- 28 years old and he's still trying to fucking learn how to cross. He's not going to learn how to cross anymore. It's like the same thing in hockey, okay? If the guy... Played left wing his whole life. He's a left hand. He's a left-handed stick, and he's always scored goals on like a wrist shot. It's like, okay. yeah, it's time for you to take slap shots on the right wing. What is it that Bennett like, needs it's not to learn make a difference. to convert there? Well, I think Bennett's biggest backdrop right now is his mental game. I don't think it has anything to do with his raw skill. I think he's a. I think he's a very talented player, but he needs that. He needs that coaching aspect. He needs someone to talk to him every single game, every single period, to get to know him, to spend that time with him, to say, Bennett, you know, look at that absolute amazing season you had in junior. There's a reason why you were drafted fourth overall. You are a player that's comparable to Dreisaitl. You are probably better than Dreisaitl. You can be better than him. He could have been, yeah. He still can. He's not, he's not better than he him He still right can now. because he has so much potential. Look, it like, pains me to at, say Dreisaitl's better than him, though. He, he is right now. And, yeah. I, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really grasping at straws here saying that. But I think that's what someone needs to tell Bennett. Yeah, yeah. Set I don't, the I don't necessarily believe that myself. But I think someone needs to tell Bennett, this is what you can be. And he sees that tangible goal. He sees this player playing at Edmonton that was drafted one spot or two spots ahead of him. I think Edmonton was second. We were fourth. Is that, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we got Bennett, we were over the moon ecstatic. Over the moon ecstatic. We got Bennett fourth. We'll take Sam Bennett. And I remember he couldn't do a pull-up or whatever, blah, 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 yeah, blah, who blah. Who cares about that? And then all of a sudden, the next summer, he's put on 15 pounds. Muscle. Yeah. The, the guy, he wants to do well. He, he wants to succeed. He's just not being coached properly. Nobody's telling him what he needs to do every game. Nobody's telling him how to convert his game to the wing. Nobody's telling him how to fit into on the line with fucking AHL players. Like, Sam Bennett, you can play with Goudreau and Monaghan. This is what you need to do and practice with those guys and go out with those guys and make friends with those guys. Those three would be great friends. They do cocaine and play man, video games buddy, together. Man. <laughs> easy, man. Like, what is this shit? No, but like... <laughs> they'd watch the Super Bowl. God damn it. You know, they'd talk about each other's girlfriends. They'd go out and have fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, they'd yeah, go yeah. to Patrick Sharp's party. There'd be a... We don't condone... Mountain of cocaine. <laughs> we don't... Tyler might be on cocaine right now. <laughs> no, he's not. But seriously... They, your point is well received. They would gel. They would gel. They're all a similar Yeah, okay. Age. Yeah, you're saying... Okay. So I think s- their characters complement one another. <clears throat> you're saying like, that the mental game is lacking from mental I think he, education, I think, I think Bennett just needs to be coached into that role. And, you know, maybe it's that our coaching staff has way too much on their plate to deal with Sam Bennett. But that, I think that should be a, a, a big priority for the, the guy coming in. And please let there be someone coming in. Please. Because if, if you can get Bennett rolling, because this guy is, 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 is hugely talented and has a ton of potential. And I don't think we should give up on him yet. And I, I think with just the right amount of coaching, like he can, he can take off. You know, you look at a player on Detroit, and Detroit notoriously drafts really, really well. Dylan Larkin had an absolutely terrible season. But he's an amazing player. He's quick. He's skilled. He's got a great brain. He just needs to find that fit. 
You just need to be comfortable. How many times have you played any kind of sport where you were on a team where you were comfortable, you fit in, you knew your role, you had an excellent season? And then other seasons, you're playing whatever, and you, you weren't as good because a number of factors weren't the same. We need that coach who can realize what it takes to get these players playing at their best. And if you can figure that out for Sam Bennett, you, you have an absolute diamond. You've got rid of the rough. You've just got a diamond. Like He's a diamond in the rough right now. You get rid of that. That coach figures that out. Bam. You, you have, you have Monaghan, Bennett, Goudreau coming out at you, game in, game out. You're scared. You are scared. And I think Bennett's even got he's, – he's a tall player. He's a big player. He's very strong too. And if he stops taking those stupid penalties, like he took at least two penalties against LA last night. And I mean, granted, you know, these things can all be coached out of his game. It's so simple. How come Bennett took so many penalties all season? Because nobody coached it out of him. Nobody did. How old's the guy? 22? Yeah, he's 21? still pretty young. He's still pretty young. I, I, you can definitely be coached at that age. Definitely. He's not like Mike Smith can still be coached. I don't agree with that. You don't, he can still be coached in some aspects. Yeah, maybe. But, like, really, these guys, like, when they hit their 30s, they're, they're set in their ways, man. They're not going to, like... Okay, if you were going to coach... If you were a coach on the Flames... Well, what are you going to do? Tell you had to make a difference with a player, would you rather coach Bennett or Smith? I'd rather coach Bennett. Exactly, because your influence is going to be much, much larger. Well, exactly, because you're not going to tell Mike Smith to stop playing with the fucking puck. You could say you could say that till you're blue in the face. It doesn't matter, but he's not going to stop. That's what I'm getting at. Whereas with Bennett, I think what you want to say to Mike Smith is maybe when you're playing the puck, be more cautious. Well, me, yeah, I, but I'm it's sure not coaches like a game of NHL that. where you just play the <laughs> yeah. puck every time the goalie saves it. I know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he, they, he's been told that. It, it's it'd be asinine to think that he wasn't told that before. He must have been uh, told. I don't know. That. It's our it's our coaching staff. I know, here. but I'm I'm talking about when he was in Phoenix as well. Like I'm sure he was told that it was a major thing that everybody criticized him for is that he overhandles the puck. I don't think you can coach that out of him, but you can coach out of. I agree with you. You can coach out of Bennett like bad habits that he has. For example, some of those penalties he took this year, not necessarily from the Kings game yesterday, but just in general, there are these lazy penalties he takes, coach and it drives me. Yeah, it drives me freaking insane. Like, I hate lazy penalties where guys are just, they were on for 30 seconds too long on the ice, and then they do this, like, half-ass hook on the player. You know it's going to get called, and you sit there and you argue with the referee, and you look like a complete jackass because you're wrong, and you know you're wrong, and the only reason why you did that is because you didn't stay disciplined to the to the shift. I can understand that you'll get stuck on the shift out there much longer than usual. It happens. It's part of the game. But don't. But recognize that you're tired. Recognize that you're fatigued to the point where you can't compete with a guy 50-50. If you if you are in a situation where you have to hook him because he's going to go on a breakaway, different story. But if you're taking a dumbass penalty in their zone because you're tired, you should be fucking benched for a period for doing that. And we never had that discipline this year. That's another problem. And I mean, and that's part of coaching these what players. What we need, what we need, is a coach who. And actually, I sorry, think first and foremost, sorry, sorry to go ahead, interrupt, go ahead. but Kachuk used to get benched. You remember that? Whenever he took dumb penalties, yeah, he always got benched. I do remember. And that. for whatever reason, he got treated totally different than the rest of the team. No other guy on the team ever got benched for taking shit penalties. Look at Hamilton. He took a whole whack of garbage penalties in the first fifteen games of the season. And I remember him once getting benched for more I than think maybe the coach, a shift. The coach knows that he can treat Kachuk like that, and he won't get any backlash but because that's of bullshit. The, that is bullshit. I because agree. Because he's 100%. our most competitive player. Because you look at Kachuk, and Kachuk is a Kachuk is bred into him that respect for a coach, no matter what kind of dipshit coach it is, like Gullitson. He still respects the guy because he's my coach, and that's that. Yeah. And Kachuk is saying, man, I took these penalties. I deserve to be benched because I know what I did wrong and I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to fix those mistakes. The rest of these guys are like, Gully, if you bench me, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, I got to back down. I don't know what to do here. <sighs> but that's... And, and you as, really upset me bringing that up. Now. No, I know, but, but I we have to that. talk about it. That's terrible. No, that, it's that's terrible. absolutely terrible. And, like, and good on Kachuk. A big praise to Kachuk because... He kept being the most competitive. He's the most consistent 
on the team when it comes to his competitive level. He comes in game in and game out, and he fucking tries incredibly hard. And he probably saw all this injustice where he saw all these players get rewarded for all the wrong reasons. He probably didn't even see the injustice. No, I'm sure he did, man. Because he's, he's a smart player, you can tell. He knows the game. And you know what? His dad calls him after every game and says what he's done wrong, what he's done right. And they have this conversation after every game. To your point, he gets coached. And Keith is not even a part of the Flames organization. But he is actually doing us the biggest favor out of anybody in the world. He fucking coaches this kid. And it's Keith Kachuk. And Keith Kachuk only that Kachuk is killing it. You know what? If we had a lottery protected pick, we could have we, we got his brother. Yeah, we fucked that up Maybe. too. But don't... But Having said that, don't discount. I, I'm just gonna say Burks are GM because I don't know what the fuck the uh, Trelleving does. But anyway, don't discount the fact that Burke will do a big deal on draft day. I'm not saying we'll get his brother, but what I'm saying is don't be surprised. I if think we, that's the spark that really. But he's he's famous if for doing that. Burke is still that. here. If he's still here, but he's he's known to do that that kind of stuff. I think you really need you get those two. They're gonna stay. Yeah. Unless there's some deal from St. Louis that gets the both of them, right? I know, but, but these guys where are... Where is St. Louis in the playoffs? Hopefully they make it, because I don't want them getting no, they're that not, Kachuk. I don't think they're making it this year. God. So, there goes that. But Well, he's going to go like fourth overall or something. So, that's, yeah, that's I mean, Arizona, Buffalo, Edmonton, Vancouver. They're all in there before us. No one's trading away that pick that early, for unless there's something great coming your way. At the moment, we don't have a goddamn chance of getting him, but... All I'm saying is, actually, St. Louis is, by the way, they're only uh, a point out of a wild card spot, and they have a game in hand, so they might make it still. Um, but back to that, again, don't be surprised if we make a big deal on draft day. I'm I don't not think there's a deal him. big enough that we can do to get him. No, but you never know who we're going to trade. That's like, a, I think I, you're giving I up be, someone like Backland. I wouldn't be surprised they trade him on him. Just watch. Because you know what? Like I'm not I'm not saying they will to our listeners. I'm not saying that they will, but I'm saying don't be surprised if it does happen because he has a history of that. And on top of that, I don't know where the, what the fuck is going on with his health because it almost feels like for almost two seasons now, he's had like these very uh long standing injuries that keep going. Like, do you remember that one year? It was two years ago. Uh, or was it one year ago? I, my sense of time is terrible lately. But he had like a major injury before the playoffs, but he kept playing and he looked sizably bigger. Yeah. There were some pads on him and, so, and he looked so immobile, like he couldn't play the game. That was when we, uh, when we played the Ducks. We lost four straight? R- uh, or was it when five, we, five games. Okay, we beat Vancouver and then lost in five. Something like that, yeah. So he got all injured, whatever. And then this year, he has to have... What is he? he has two he has injuries. Two injuries. Two injuries, and he's getting surgery for one. Or was yeah, it he's was it two surgery surgeries and not okay? So now we know that he's fifty percent getting surgery on one out of two injuries. He had this major injury that we still don't know what really happened back then. I think it was a shoulder injury or some shit like that. We don't know what's happening this time. We don't know what kind of injury it is. They just say either it's upper body or lower body. We have no we have no clue. And fair enough, like you don't really want to tell the the public what his injury is because you know, like you don't want other teams targeting those injured spots because that's what happens because it's professional sports and people will get dirty. Uh, but maybe they know something about him that we don't that he might be trade bait. And they know that they can get good value out of him. And what if it's an injury that's like, you know what? Nobody's going to recover from this 100%. Kind of like an Achilles injury, right? Like, look at Carlson. He's an amazing player, still is, but he's still now missing that half step that he had before because he's got an injury that will never recover 100%. Achilles injuries are the death. It is the death, but I'm just saying an irrecoverable injury, an injury that will never get you to 100%, you are screwed for the rest of your career. You will not be that pinnacle elite athlete that you were you'll still be up there you're still going to be the guy that everyone wants but you're not going to be that x factor which carlson was that's a good question for the next podcast (laughs) no i know we can totally get into that but again it goes back to management 
I'm just really upset about what you said about Kachuk. Like, it's so true because the coaching staff knows they can ride that guy hard and he's going to respond. And the rest of these guys, these floozies, they can't be they can't be treated as as equally, and that's just this inconsistency of the coaching. We need alone new, needs to get them fired. First thing, we need a new coach. Yeah, the, no, the whole thing, the the whole shebang, that whole coaching staff, all three or four of those guys, they need to and be gone. Need to, I don't care about the trainers and all that. They can stay. Like I mean, we need to get rid of this 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 fickleness, this character issue, and we need to we need to find a way to play to our strengths and we just haven't done that and i think uh as we get as our team gets uh to a point where we're trying to bring up more guys from the a naturally the age the average age is going to go down on this team as time goes on in the next at least two three years because guys like you you're going to hope to christ that brower leaves and you're going to and Sajan's probably going to retire soon like these things will bring down our average age and in reality if you have a young team you need an experienced coach. Simple as that. And we don't have that experienced coach. Galdson looks like he could be like my brother. Okay? He does, he's not old enough for this shit. He doesn't look old enough. You need the fucking guy with the mustache and the gray hair who looks like he's going to fucking bite your head off every time you fuck up. <laughs> you, like, you need a goddamn... Joel Pat, no. Quinville. You need a Quinville. Quinville. And you need a fucking Pat Burns type guy. <laughs> like, you know, guys that are just oh, going to... guys that have won the Stanley Cup before, Exactly. Eh? You need guys They're that are going to beat the by. shit out of you. And not a fucking uh, Mike Keenan. That guy sucked. But, like, <laughs> I'm talking about bona fide, angry guys that get the best out of all these players who Let me turn them into men. Would you take for this team... And we should be talking about this next time, but just just for now, we'll just hover over it. Would you take Ken Hitchcock? Absolutely. Wow. What I think we need is why wouldn't a, you? I I just I don't know. Ken Hitchcock, he kind of rubs me the wrong way, but I probably yeah. Would but man, him. like the results. Speak he just for looks themselves. like he's he's about to you know heal over and kick it any minute now. <laughs> Just like yeah, I'm okay, just scared that, about yeah. this guy sweating on my bench from wearing a suit. It's just anyhow. <laughs> I just we need a coach who looks at this team and recognizes I have a core group of players here. These young guys who are talented. I need to keep them together and I need to develop guys that are either A gonna add to that core, one or two. Hopefully I get a few of those really, really lucky guys. And then just developmental guys who complement this core really well. And that's how you need to build your team. I think the players that we have around this team, they don't complement our core. Stajan doesn't complement that young core. Brower doesn't complement that young core. Even Froelich doesn't really complement that young core. And these, these guys on defense, Stone, Hamannick, even Brody, I don't know if they're complementing what we've got. And I mean, if you give a guy like Valiamaki, like Adam Fox, Rasmus Anderson a chance, Mangiapane, Lomberg, Foo, I mean, I'd, yeah, player. maybe Foo. Like, you know, <laughs> I remember at the beginning of the season, we all thought we signed Spencer Foo to come straight into the team. He didn't even touch the NHL this year. The guy's 23 years old. He's having a good season in the A. I. I'm just disappointed that we even made that move, but he's got to be here next year if there's anything to it. But uh, I think I think that's I think that's a wrap for today. Yeah, um, yeah. Flame. Really, really shitty end to the season. Um, how many games we have left here? Like eight, six, six. Yikes! Keep, keep your chins up. Yeah, there's still some light at the end of the tunnel here, and I'm telling you this, Tyler, too, <laughs> is that. Just remember as fans that the camaraderie, togetherness of this club, it's needed more than ever right now. You know, the fans have to band together and we have to stop being like, well, we can be critical. There's nothing wrong being critical and constructively critical. But when I'm seeing tweets like trade Gaudreau, dude, yeah, like, have you watched the what, Flames game? What the fuck are you thinking? Like that is like that also, is so Goudreau ridiculous. Is on the most amazing contract for a player like that. Absolutely, that you, is so ridiculous. Don't even start that. That that's stupid. I'm sorry, but uh, you know I don't normally call people stupid, but that's really stupid. Like 
Look at the facts, look at the stats, and look at his play. He is literally the focal point of this team, especially with the current coaching staff that we have. I don't know any other play that we have on the ice when Goudreau's on other than give Goudreau the puck, either it's a drop pass or just give it to him. Just give it to him and maybe he'll create something. That's where we're at. So don't sit there and be like, oh, let's trade Goudreau. You know, he has social media. He sees that shit. It doesn't help the players. Um, there was a guy that called out Brower. Yeah, we and, talked uh, about that. We talked about that. I mean, there are certain Brower players. played a bit better after that. For sure he did. But there are certain players you just don't do it to. Like, guys, Johnny gave it his best, man. Like, I, I mean, know there were some a, games. You don't but do it to your... I mean, if you realize as a Flames fan what you've got here is a superstar on an amazing contract... You just keep your. You, I can't see criticizing Johnny. Yeah, that that's just dumb. I I'm like, sorry. Johnny like, whoever's Johnny's doing under that a tremendous dumb. amount of pressure because he must feel like the entire offensive production is on his shoulders for this NHL team. That's this 23 year old. Yeah. Like, like guys, our secondary scoring is junk. And when Kachuk went down, it's like this team just folded like origami. 18 times under pressure. Yeah. like we, It's like a steam from Interstellar in a black hole just crushed. Yeah, and we're like Hans Zimmer falls asleep on the organ. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. So, I mean, this what this team was. They fell like asleep a, on the like, organ. As you said before, it's like a really bad Radiohead song. It's a really <laughs> bad song. And, like, and we did, and I, I mentioned this a while ago. I was like, it's only a matter of time till we fucking stub our toe or get fucking audited in our taxes. When things are going really well, you have to be aware that things could go bad pretty quick and you have to be prepared and we were never prepared, ever. And that's, again, back to the coaching staff. We're both agreeing that they should be fired. I think that even they, the GM should be, be fired. fired. They, the GM they should they be cleaned be up. Fired. I don't even know if Burke should be around anymore, but you know what? If Burke is still in charge of like just being the... Was it the president operate whatever the fuck he is? President of hockey operations. Yeah. So either Burke, you need to hire a brand new GM and you need to clean up this coaching staff. That's all that's step number one. And then step number two, you better pull a rabbit out of your ass this draft to get somebody for like somebody on our team. I can see for leak being trade bait. Uh, I don't agree with it, but I think I bet. I want to bet that Monaghan will be trade bait too. I could see both of those guys going to package deals somewhere. I could see it happening, especially if Monaghan's injury is one of those ones that are going to last his career. Anyway, I'm done ranting about that, but we need a total cleanup from a management perspective, number one, and then the rest will come, hopefully. Jake makes a good point. Flames fans band together. I know it's tough right now. It's hard. It's sad. The biggest thing is that it's sad. It's, there's no playoff hockey, and that sucks. But, uh, you know, let's get behind our team no matter what. Let's support them. We do have a future here. There are things that are positive, and we can make things happen if we, uh, as an organization, <laughs> make the appropriate changes. But, hey, we'll be back in about two weeks, two weeks and a bit time. Uh, we're going to have a season recap episode. So we'll talk about everything that we wish will happen. We'll talk about everything that did happen, what went wrong, what went right. Uh, we'll even have a few guests on that show. I think uh, Darshan's going to join us. All right. Our Vancouver fan. So he'll be there with us and uh, we'll Darshan. talk about, uh, Miss you know, you, man. what we want to happen with the brat. flames. <laughs> Uh, we're also going to drink more next podcast because it's time to drink more. We want to <laughs> embrace our drinking and we encourage all listeners to at least have six beers ready for the next one because what we're going to do is we're going to just randomly call out, okay, take a chug and hopefully we will make you drink all six beers, if not at minimum three. Uh, let's make it a little bit more interactive next uh, podcast. And again, Please send us emails on... Yeah, send us something on Twitter if you want us, you know, to address a question about something that we can talk about towards the end or season recap thing that you want covered. Please let us know. We'd be more than happy to cover that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate that. You can find us on Twitter, Flames Fancast. You can email us, same thing, flamesfancast at gmail.com. Uh, send us a line. Let us know what you think, good or bad. And hey... Uh, I, I never said this before, but you can give us a rating on iTunes. And it, it's really good if you give us a rating on iTunes because then we somehow 
move up the charts a little bit. But if you could give us a five-star rating on iTunes, that would be fantastic. You can say whatever you want in the comments. I hate Jenk's voice. Jenk sounds like a criminal. Why the fuck are you Jenk, focusing on me? I don't know. It's just easy. Easy. But you, please. please. The immigrants always get targeted. <laughs> that's, what, that's the lesson here. We got, a, we got an anti-immigrant right here. Wow. Okay, that was hard. She's not anti. Actually, all your friends are immigrants. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> it's actually kind of fine. I never even noticed Leave that. us a rating. Let us know. <laughs> Five stars. It's like, it's uh, like tipping. I, you, you, you're, you're obliged to tip at least 15%. Jank, jank. Even if the service is dog shit, <laughs> you still got to fucking tip 15% because you feel like crap if you don't do it. So at least give us four stars. That's like the minimum. At least. You got to give us four stars. Maybe four and a half. I don't think four stars does anything, so just give five. Give five, but like it's like tipping. Five we're is your, the new 15%. We're your shitty servers, so you got to give me 15%. I think 18% is standard now, isn't well, it? Well, whatever, 18%. Okay, but there's some weird-ass minimum. Even if the server looks at you like you fucking killed a rabbit, and you fucking, like, you know, like she... She or he has no interest serving you. They still get the bare minimum of 18%, I guess. That's I'm going to go. So I'm a cheap tipper, clearly. Have a beer. 15% for shit Take service. Take the season into stock. Thank you so much for listening. Tip your servers. <laughs> Enjoy your evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are. Have a great day. We'll be back in about two weeks with a recap of the season. I don't want to do a podcast between now and then because... Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to watch those games, but uh, <laughs> you're going to watch it. Yeah, you're going to have it on. You may not. Okay. Follow intent. That's all. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Bye bye.